So traditionally, when we uh, often approach this gospel, we approach it in sort of placing ourselves in the perspective of the leper, the one who is sick, the one who feels ostracized, the one who is in need of cleansing. Of course, this is true and a valid interpretation, but I would like to today, instead of placing ourselves in the place of the leper, to look at placing ourselves in the place of Jesus. We'll see, I think, that this is a more challenging way of imagining and approaching the gospel. What do I mean by this? Is that we, by putting ourselves in the place of Christ, are reminded that we are called to be like Jesus and reach out and touch the leper which means ultimately going out of our comfort zone and taking risks for the faith. Now, I am not trying to say that the people or the situations that I'm talking about today mean that these individuals are leprous or disgusting. Not at all. Please know that I'm not saying that. But using leprosy and the symbol in Scripture as that which is sick, that which is impure and set apart. And so in the time of Christ, according to the law, as we heard, that someone who had leprosy was considered ritualistically impure. You were not to go around them. You weren't even to touch them or else you would become impure also. Contact rendered you impure and also, of course, understood, opened yourself to receive uh, the, the, the disease or of contracting it yourself. And so today, those individuals are the situations that we would consider leprous might be those individuals who are outcast, who are marginalized in our society, the poor and the homeless, the sick, unbelievers, the broken, even our enemies, that we are hesitant to reach out and touch. We're hesitant to go outside of our comfort zone and get involved with or in. Because this also can apply to certain situations. That taking ourselves out of our comfort zone to reach out and to become part of and have contact with these individuals or situations entails, at least in our own mind, some sort of risk-taking of putting our own well-being, our own comfort as a Christian, in jeopardy. And so this is a call for all of us to be like Christ in the church, priests and lay people alike, because it's so easy for us, myself included, to stay in our own little comfortable known faith. We have our prayers, we have our liturgy, we have our rituals. Everything is good, everything that we know and familiar with. But we're called to step outside of that. And Pope Francis, very early in his pontificate, you'll recognize this quote. It's one of his most famous quotes, where he encourages Christians to step out of their comfort zone. He says, the thing the church needs most today is the ability to heal wounds and to warm the hearts of the faithful. It needs nearness, proximity. I see the church as a field hospital after battle. That's the sort of the metaphor that he uses that became popular. It is useless to ask a seriously injured person if he has high cholesterol and about the level of his blood sugars. 
You have to heal his wounds. Then we could talk about everything else. That need to have proximity with those who are wounded, those who are alienated, those who are suffering. We need to be able to touch the leper. And we need to be able to do so and get close. To be able to be in the thick of the battle as it were. What struck me is his use of field hospital. His use of this analogy of war or of battle. And of course, this is not strange. All through scripture and throughout the church's tradition, we can see war used to describe certain aspects of the spiritual life, of the moral life. But Pope Francis's use of war or the, 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 the field hospital after a battle reminded me of a phrase or a quote from another Catholic author, one who probably pretty soon may be canonized, and one that most of us have not heard of. And that is a French woman who lived at the first part of the 20th century named Madeleine Delbrel. She was a laywoman who from a very early age adopted atheism, did not believe, but in her 20s had this massive conversion. Christianity Catholicism, and dedicated her life in France to working in these small villages, these small communist, atheistic villages, these sort of experiments that came up where she was the only believer. But she chose to live there in the midst of it all, to interact with these people who disagreed with her, who often hated her, to establish relationships and she wrote the book that, at least in certain parts of Catholicism, has become famous, We, the Ordinary People of the Streets. Her message was to evangelize in proximity, to go past the borders and the barriers that we have ourselves to bring Christ to others. And this quote sort of summarizes her whole approach to spirituality. She says, quote, Christ does not provide his followers with a set of wings to flee into heaven, but with a weight to drag them into the deepest corners of the earth. Very similar approach to spirituality as Mother Teresa. But it's this quote here that I think is appropriate and sort of launches off of what Pope Francis has to say in using war or a certain aspect of war to describe our own spiritual life and the temptations we face in it. She says, quote, we have to learn that the life of war is not just a life in the barracks. We've had the opportunity to learn on many occasions in simple everyday life that there is a noticeable difference between doing military service in the barracks and doing it in a time of war. Centuries of generations in which Christians lived amongst Christians have transformed us. The life of the church militant the church on earth, into a life in the barracks. In these times, you could perform hundreds of fancy maneuvers, attend hundreds of higher schools of strategy without ever getting wounded or laid up, without ever knowing the threat of death. We have lost our muscles in precisely those places where our age is striking blows to the Christian life, unquote. And she's writing before Vatican II, before the church chose to, to open her doors where the threat of atheism and the attack on Christianity was nothing like it is today. 
And she's saying that we need to raise the bastions. We need to get outside of the barracks to go and evangelize, to go and bring the gospel message to a healing, often very confused world, to bring the love of Jesus there. And even though we, in a certain sense, as the church after Vatican II and the chaos, are on a little bit better footing, there's still that temptation for us to stay in the barracks instead of going out to actually fight, to actually touch the leper, to actually take risks in the faith. Why? Because it's scary. It's scary because going outside of our comfort zone, leaving the barracks in order to touch another person, in order to take that risk means that you're vulnerable. It means you are going to get shot at. It's easier to stay inside where it's warm and safe and, and discuss theology. And talk about spirituality. And granted, I love to do that. We all do. But there are times where we have to actually take the theory and put it into practice. Now, going to war doesn't mean going and arguing and fighting with atheists. It doesn't mean proselytizing those who are not Catholic, but putting yourself in the midst of the struggle in the world particularly the struggle of people's pain and their own suffering and darkness. I'm not saying that we should rush headlong into battle when we're not prepared. We need to be prepared. And not every fight is worth picking. There are certain individuals that we're going to have to allow other people to touch. Certain situations others are going to have to evangelize. But we still have to be willing to take the risk of reaching out and touching the other putting ourselves in that situation that makes us uncomfortable. And we're going to have to face dangers. What are some of these dangers? What are some of the dangers that we're going to have to face if we're going to really, truly live our Christian faith? The first is that we're going to have to encounter people who don't believe. Don't believe in God. Who don't believe in Christianity. And by encountering them, we may be tempted to question our own faith. Our own belief. Our own little structure. Asking ourselves why we believe what we believe. It's very easy for us to say, well, I'm a good Catholic, but never face the difficult questions. At times, we're going to have to do that in order to take ownership of our faith and to realize that sometimes we're not going to have all the answers. But it doesn't mean we hide because we're scared. We still need to go out there and encounter a world and people who are often in darkness and confusion. The other thing that we're going to have to do, and trust me, this is for me also, go out of our comfort zone in order to have a personal encounter with the poor, the homeless, the destitute, those physically who do not have the blessings that we do. Father Donald Haggerty, who is a priest of the Archdiocese of New York, has written a number of books on contemplative prayer. He talks about as we pray more, we ought to have a greater heart for and concern for those who are poor. To get out of our heads and to actually start ministering to and helping those who are struggling. He says, charitable love admired in thought cannot be compared to bending down to a poor and dirty man in the street. Noble aspirations and fine words have value, but they are no equivalent to sacrificial deeds. We talk about how we need to love the poor, but are we actually doing it? And it's often very difficult because the poor are different than us. They may not have the same mental or emotional stability. They may be perceived as a threat, but we've got to be willing 
to reach out and see them as humans and touch them and bring the healing of Christ. And then third, and probably the scariest, that if we actually go and live our faith and we reach out, get out of our comfort zones, people are going to hate us. They're going to talk bad about us. They're going to gossip about us. They're going to drag down our name. And this can be the most difficult. We all have a right to a good name. We shouldn't have people gossiping about us, talking about us. But the fact is, it happened to Jesus. Jesus didn't let the fact that the Pharisees were going to talk bad about him and spread lies and rumors. He promised, too, that if you followed him, the same thing was going to happen to you. doesn't mean it's pleasurable. It's difficult. But it's part of what we can expect. And it is also, as I'm reflecting on it, part in the litany of humility, the prayer that we all know we should pray but hate to pray. We actually ask for this to overcome the fear of being humiliated, despised, suffering rebukes, being calumniated, forgotten, ridiculed, wronged, or suspected. These are all things that are part and parcel of the battle and that we have to weather patiently. You can also add that one of the fears that we all have, and we may not acknowledge it, is the fear of friendly fire. Friendly fire is when because of confusion or disorientation, our allies unintentionally fire at us. They unintentionally throw a grenade our way. And we're hurt often. We're scared. But we have to realize that those people are not doing it intentionally. We've got to learn to forgive. Even more so, we've got to realize that sometimes we are going to be guilty of friendly fire. That in trying to spread the gospel message and doing what we need to do, we are going to fail and hurt those we love. Not intentionally, but we've got to be willing to ask for forgiveness. And this call to leave the barracks is a call, not just to go out of our comfort zone, but a call to love as Jesus loved. Not counting the costs and being open to the spirit and willing to take risks. It's difficult, but there's no other option for the one who truly believes, who truly feels compelled by the love of the Lord. And let C.S. Lewis sum it up from a quote most of you know. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. And so as we move into Lent, we focus on Jesus, on the cross, who is the perfect image of the vulnerability of a love expressed in an often hostile and bellicose world.